Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. The Raiders are 0-3. They fall to the Tennessee Titans 24-22 in a loss that there's different ways you could look at it. Like, oh, they came back. They were a two-point conversion away from tying it there. But I look at it as, as a game that they were getting their ass kicked in the first half, and Titans kind of just were, were, get, were almost like gift wrapping, giving them opportunities to get back in the game. They seem to lose aggressiveness, and they kind of just let the Raiders have a chance to get back in this game. And the Raiders just just t- so many mistakes, drop touchdowns, drop passes, uh, penalties at the bad mo- at bad times. Uh, you, know, you get an interception that puts you in, in field goal range, and, and you can't even score at all. You, you drop back, and you have to punt. Um, so many bad things for the Raiders, and they are winless three weeks into the season. Yeah, it was really sort of the inverse of last week. You know, I mean, I think the Cardinals, we all agree, had no business being in that game and ultimately winning it. And the Raiders really had no business being in this game at the end. I mean, it took some superhuman catches from Mac Hollins on like I think two or three fourth down catches. I think he had for for the game uh, for them to even have a chance there at the end. But uh, they, they should have lost this lost this one comfortably. So I, there is no you know moral victory or optimism. You know when you do the same thing basically three times in a row, you know you have a chance to win it at the end, and you, and you let it slip through your fingers. That you know you, you're not making progress. You know, and the team has been stagnant. It's been the same stuff week in and week out. And especially you know in the AFC, you know maybe if they were NFC or a weaker division, um, it'd be easier to to kind of shake off this this rough start they got off to. But I mean, historically, there's only been six teams that start 1-3 and make the playoffs, and uh, I'm not confident that the, that the Raiders are going to become the seventh. Yeah, I think the points at the end is kind of like uh, putting perfume on a pig. I think uh, I think the loss is, uh, is a really bad one. I think the Titans had some injuries. They're not very good. I know people are going to say, well, they uh, you know, came back and they almost won, but I think these last two games were losses to teams who aren't very good. And so... Now you're 0-3, and two games you probably should have won, you've blown, and now you're going to play the, the Broncos and Chiefs before your bye week. So, I mean, best-case scenario is you're 1-4. I mean, there's no way they're going to win both those games if they win one. So, your best-case scenario is you're 1-4, and four, and you're pretty much in a very tough AFC. You're, you're pretty much dead, barring a, a huge run, a huge turn of events, and you can't really see a path to that. You can't really see, like, is there is there talent like on the bench? Is there things they can do, things they can figure out? I'm not sure where the answers are because um, 
clearly their offense is not as good as we thought it was uh, supposed to be. I think clearly um, Matt Collins made some great plays today to kind of give them a chance, but I mean, still we don't know how to use Devontae Adams, which I think is pretty bizarre. And uh, Darren Waller and, and Derek Carr are not really in sync. And the running game was fine today, but not really a difference maker in the O line. We talked about that. So I just don't know what they, um, what they can do. So I think um, to me it was a telling, even more than last week, a telling loss. And it kind of shows exactly where this roster is, where this coaching staff is. And they're not very good. That's just a, that's the bottom line. I don't think they should have been in a in a game with the Titans, like you mentioned, all those injuries and how poorly they played in the beginning of the season. But I, I mean, they missed some opportunities early on. Darren Waller dropped a touchdown pass. Um, him and Carr couldn't connect on a, on a huge pass in, in the first half. So I, I do feel like the offense just isn't in sync. So I think there is some progress to be made on offense once you know. I still don't think Derek, like Derek Carr looks comfortable in his offense quite yet. And, you know, we've said before it might take, you know, four to six games for them to start getting a sync. But, I mean, you can't lose all those games while you're trying to figure things out. And, you know, you hope that you can make some plays while while you really can't get that consistency quite yet. But the margin of error for this team is so small. And when they aren't firing all cylinders in offense, they're just not going to be able to win games. You know, and when you consider, you know, blowing these opportunities, to, I mean, they should, could, whatever you want. I mean, should have, could have, what is worthless. But, you know, if, we, if you think that they should be two and one, you look around the AFC West and we talked all about how, how tough this division is. Well, the Chiefs lost to the Colts today, which I don't think any of us saw coming. The Chargers getting crushed by the Jaguars and I mean, Chargers are, are banged up right now. Justin Herbert's banged up. Um, they're going to be one and two. The Raiders, I mean, if they could have handled their business uh could actually be sitting there tied for first place and i mean it's early it doesn't really matter if you're tied for first place but i mean there there is at least you know at least some of the other teams in the division are scuffling but um i mean they're none of them are 0 three though and broncos are up next chiefs up after that if they start 0 five you know i mean i don't i don't think 0 five i don't see mark davis coming in and and firing anybody at 0 five but uh it's it, it could get ugly he talked with Josh McDaniels after the game today. He clearly wasn't happy. So, but again, he can't do anything. He can't fire Josh McDaniels even if you're zero five or zero eight. I mean, this is the guy he brought in, so he has this year. And um, and you know, and, and Josh is trying to keep things you know a positive spin. Like you said, they're close and they're growing pains and like learning how to win, whatever that means for a team that was in the playoffs last year. But I mean, I just think. Um, this is what they are. So they got, you know, obviously they had to get a better play out of guys. I mean, Charlie Jones has not been a factor through three games. He has to be a factor, I think. Um, and, yeah, you get Renfro back. But this offense um, should be more aggressive. They weren't aggressive at times today. They got desperate in the end. They made some big plays in the end. But for the first part of the game, I thought there was a lot of dinking and dunking. I, I absolutely hated the third and 18 call, the screen play. Uh, and the third, uh, when they get the interception, that was a big moment for them. They got, they got no points out of it. So... I just think they got to be more aggressive, and that starts with the play calling and with Derek. Oh, what do you guys think about the uh, decision to kick that field goal in the end and go down by eight rather than go for the touchdown? Do you guys think that was the right decision, or do you think that was uh, not aggressive enough? I think that was fine. I mean, you know, it's not like they needed, you know, in a situation like the Cardinals last week where they needed, you know, 
you know, two touchdowns in order to tie the game. And I mean, they ended up in a situation like the game was there, you know I mean? They, if that ball is embedded and he's able to find Waller in the back of the end zone, he just tied it up. And so um, I think part of that was preserving time and, and trying to save enough time to, to, to be able to go down and have a touchdown drive at the end. And so, you know, I, I think that was fine. I, I think I lean more so with the aggressiveness I lean towards what Vic was saying, like on, you know, pretty much punting on, on a third and 18. But I think even a bigger issue than that is, you know, why the reason why they were in a third and 18 is, you know, the weird red zone penalties. Like every time they get in the red zone, they commit some kind of penalty. Even the one that the Devontae Adams catch in the back of the end zone, that was right after a false start um, on Jermaine Illuminor, I think. And uh, they just keep shooting themselves in the foot. It's like they can move the ball. It's clear they have potential on offense. But when they get, you know, in, in the primetime situations where there's third downs or red zones, they just do something to fuck it up. And whether it's a penalty or like, a bad errant throw that's underthrown, or overthrown, or Keelan Cole had a drop in the end zone. It's just they have these little small things that just ruin ruin their drives. And I mean, what did they have like five or six red zone possessions today, and, and they only scored twenty two points? Like that can't be the case. I mean, that was something that you know red zone offense has been an issue for them for the last couple of years. And I mean, you get Devontae Adams to pair him with Darren Wall. I know Hunter Renfro was off for this for this game, but. You would, you would still expect for the red zone offense to, to take a step forward. And it has squandered too many chances, and, and now they're going three. I was going to say, I've been a lot of penalties with the offensive line this year. But I think that's a case where, you know, you got, this is the Taylor's seventh combination of, of O-linemen they've used. I mean, I just think that, and I think the O-linemen, we give them a hard time, but I think they're doing as well as they can. I mean, they're actually not playing badly. They've not been good, and there have been some lapses and penalties and some guys getting beat, but, not, but these are guys who are kind of, you know, Bottom of the barrel guys who kind of scrap together and they're kind of trying to make it work, but I don't blame those guys. They're doing their best. I think today they weren't bad. I mean, I think about these penalties in the red zone definitely hurt. And I just think it's another example of why this whole offensive line plan all offseason and even now has just been, uh, it's been ridiculous. Not a great game, obviously, for Darren Waller. Um, ton of debate if you go online, uh, yes, but on that early deep ball where. Yeah, I think Derek Carr slightly overthrew it. Waller gets his hands on it. Either way, that when a play is designed and a guy is that wide open, between the two of them, they need to execute. They need to make that happen. Carr and Waller do not seem on the same page. And, and Vic, I know Carr talked, you know, kind of vague, made a lot of vague references to like, oh, you know, people need to to work hard and practice and and whatnot. And and then you, good question, jumping in and kind of like following up on that, you know. And he he kind of tried to backtrack it, but do, do we get any kind of sense that just that this team is that there's something off with them? Uh, that uh, it just I mean it seems like they're they're just not on the same page. I mean we expected this to be an explosive offense, and they're struggling to to be able to get into the twenties. Yeah, I definitely think he's hinting at something. I don't know what Derek's trying to say, but he mentioned a couple times about the practice and the approach, and there's a handful of guys who he knows will do it right, and yet it's not really there come game day. So I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm not trying to put anybody, you know, single anybody out. And then also he mentioned that McDaniels will point out the same thing happens when they watch film of these losses. I'm like, well, what's, what's he pointing out? Oh, you have to ask Josh. I'm not going to tell you what, what he points out. But um, so clearly he's trying to say something. And I'm not in. And Derek's always been one very careful about not deflecting blame and trying. He always says, you know, it's on me, yada, 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 which is fine. But I almost think after nine years, you got to change it up. Go in one day, like, you know what? That guy screwed up. That guy screwed up. And that's how we lost. And then we got to do better. But that's what we need these guys more accountable. And, you know, I know what he's trying to do. And he's Mr. Positive. And, but maybe try something different. Maybe, you know, the ninth year is, is to kind of mix it up and uh, try a different approach. Yeah, I almost wonder 
because you know this there's a lot of new guys on this team, but the core is you know largely still made up a lot of the same guys: Carr, Max Crosby, Darren Waller, etc. If this starts like really going down the shitter, it's like you know you made the playoffs last year, and you know lost an open round, but they hit a reset button, they fired a GM, they get a new coach. I mean, like they could have also just ran it back. You know, this is like a big thing what a lot of fans wanted to do. You know, it's like just bring everybody back and, and go at it again. But you make changes and then we get worse, you know, from, from a player perspective, that could be maybe causing an issue as well. I mean, I don't think that's the case right now, but you know, I'm saying like if they like if 0 and five happens, for example, or they just they like they suck this year. I mean, you go from a playoff team to changing your whole regime and that happens. I think that seed is definitely there. I think you're looking at a staff last year, all the players told you it was so beloved. They loved Basaccia so much. They came back from all these off season, you know, off the field distractions and tragedies and just they kind of came together and made the playoffs second time in 20 years. And you know, whatever Mark had his reasons, they changed it up. But I'm sure the players who love Basaccia in the back of their minds, maybe not now, like you said, it's one three, maybe if they keep losing and at some point, like, wait a minute, last year we, we had this. We had, you know, we actually, made, we, we were in the, heading in the right direction. And now we're kind of going somewhere else entirely. So I just think at some point, you know, if they don't turn us around, it has to become a thought in these returning players' heads. Like, what, what do we do here? We definitely took a good thing and screwed it up. What do we think about the way the defense played in this game? Um, you know, I, some people are going to say, well, they held the Titans scoreless in the second half. Yeah, we kind of already addressed that where it seemed like Todd Downing, uh, our, our old friend, uh, I, I don't know what he he and the, the Titans were doing in the second half. But, um, well, they're not good. That's the thing. The Titans, their, their, they're offense, not their offense was... They look, they offense look phenomenal was, in the first half. offense was terrible the first two weeks of the year. That's where everyone, even like media, like the local media and fans, like, wow, what happened? Our team is moving the ball. They're shocked. The place was... And then the second half was lucky. That's our team. That, that's not now. Now it rings a bell. That's who we are. It's Tannehill, the awful interception to Harmon down the sideline. And just some really, like you mentioned, Downing is not good at his job. Just some just obvious play calls. Like there's some, some couple third ones where like everyone knew the ball was going to Henry and the Raiders stuff. They're just like, he just gets in this rut where there's not a lot of imagination. And uh, early on, it didn't matter because the Raiders defense apparently never heard of a pass to Henry. They were shocked by this concept. So, um, the tackling wasn't very good early on either. But, um, yeah, I think people are going to look for a silver lining in this game. I don't think it's there. I think the Titans are not a good team. The Cardinals are not a good team. So I don't see a silver lining at all in these these last two losses. Yeah, it's just so inconsistent because they they stopped Henry for most of the game except for one drive. He had a, a one drive where he was able to move the ball on the ground. But other than that, most of his production came on just – checkdowns that they they left them wide open on it's just so inconsistent because sometimes they just totally could stop an, an offense and then the, the next drive they just you know make an offense look like um like they you know they i don't even know what the best offense in the league right now is <laughs> but yeah it, it's so inconsistent so it, it sometimes it doesn't make sense but also you know the injuries on a, in a secondary are mounting to some weird play by Jonathan Abram where they have him stopped on third down and Jonathan Abram just took a terrible angle towards the ball carrier and that led to a huge play that got the Titans out of the their own end zone so um I don't really know where to put this defense I do lean towards like the defense I mean they've on average would allow like in the low 20s it's, it's tended to be what they've given up throughout this losing streak and I think I mean, they're down three starters. You know, Anthony Averett is out on, on IR. Trayvon Moore didn't play, had to be questionable. 
Denzel Perriman, their best run stopper, didn't play at linebacker. And those are three pretty important players, uh, especially on, on the back end of your defense. And um, while they did, they were shitty in the first half, I mean, they did force like four straight stops in the second half to, to give the offense time after time after time after time to take control of the game, and they just didn't do it. I think the only thing really on the defense that like is a red flag to me, like sound the alarm, is what the what? Where is Chandler Jones? Like he was going like the Taylor Lewan, the Titans starting left tackle. He went on IR, so they had a backup left tackle, and he typically rushes from that side. It was just he had one one rush that stood out when. Uh, the rookie receiver, uh, Traylon Burks, dropped that potential fourth down conversion where he was pressuring Tannehill and he almost got home. But outside of that, it was just like another game where going against a backup left tackle where you just didn't see Chandler Jones make a big impact. And we even saw Cleveland Farrell cutting into his snaps, you know, probably to add some better run defense in there in certain moments. And so that's the one thing about the defense where it's like, all right, we're three games in now and this seems to be like a trend with him. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Side note, Unique Ngakwe uh, had a sack and two quarterback hits on Patrick Mahomes in a Colts win over the Chiefs today. Just just side note. Yeah, I'm definitely. They're counting on Jones. And they don't have a lot of playmakers on his defense. So if he's not making plays, then they've got trouble. So I think um, I do think Klee may have had more snaps than him today. Maybe that was more of a run defense approach. But that's alarming because you hear Chandler Jones, supposed to be you know, not bad against the run, better than Gakwe was against the run. They can drop back in coverage. So he apparently gave you more things than Gakwe did, and apparently not so far this year. So, yeah, they need, they need Jones to step up for sure. And I think um, – 
because you there's not a lot of guys on defense who actually um, can make big plays. Harmon shown that he can. I think Diablo had flashes here and there. Uh, you need Perriman back, like you said, but um, right now it's pretty much Max. Uh, Nate Hobbs, yeah, he got hurt today. Yeah, what he he was he was evaluated for a concussion. Uh, Rocky scene, knee injury was was ruled doubtful. Um, well, you know it'll probably wait until the middle of the week before we know more about that. But that secondary is is getting banged up quickly. Just as Vic mentioned, Chandler Jones played 38 snaps and Cleve Farrell was at 25, so it's not like 60-40, not evenly split, but that's more than you would expect. But you know, again, that's probably the nature of the opponent. I'm not, I'm not saying that you know Cleve Farrell about to take Chandler Jones off and do crazy shit like that, but. Yeah, the secondary, I mean, it's, it's not just the injuries to it, but since the pass rush hasn't been what it was anticipated to be, like the interior pass rush is also was like pretty much non-existent. That puts even more pressure on the secondary. You got backups basically, you know, starting in multiple spots and you don't have that much depth. Like eventually you're going to have breakdowns, even against Ryan Tannehill, who I don't think is very good, but was picking them apart in the first half today. A bright spot has been Harmon. Harmon has made some plays. So when Morey comes back, do you think this is when we start seeing Abram snaps getting cut and we see Harmon and Morig out there? Not necessarily. Like they I think they've they've used a lot of three safety lineups. And like, you know, sometimes it's putting the safety at, at nickelback or moving them around. Like um even Roderick Teamer, like he played twenty six snaps today. And so I, I think maybe they've rotated a little bit more, but I don't think like Abram like fall out of the rotation or anything like that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say Abram would fall. You know, I think he'll still be a big part of the rotation, but I just wonder if we start seeing a lot more Morig and um, Harmon lineups out, you know, with secondary, get two athletic guys out there. That's possible. Well, I mean, that that was one bright side, I guess. Um, the other was Mac Collins. Um, Vic, you, you predicted the big uh, Mac Collins breakout season and uh, eight, what, eight catches? For uh, 158 yards today, he uh, he already through three games has set a new career high in, in receiving yards. I think he's two catches away from his uh, career high. Um, I guess Devontae Adams was really just brought in to be able to distract defenses so they can, uh, they can take advantage of Mac Collins. I mean, uh, we don't like to sit here and try to find bright spots when uh, when you lose a bad game. But, you know, having having a guy like him step up and, and play well and make some big plays, uh, that, that is good. I mean, we, we the Raiders have kind of had this history here of, you know, we saw it with Nelson Aguilar, you know, of, of guys that, that are able to step in and have some big years for them. Um, and so that it's nice to see that Matt Collins uh, has a big game and has made some big catches for them. And the cool thing is they're all kind of different kind of plays. He's making, like, today it was an over-shoulder catch. He's caught some balls across the middle. He's caught, you know, like, like post up a guy up in the end zone at the end there. So it's all, he's showing his range where he's a guy who's a big guy, but he's faster than you think he is. That's good hands, toughness. Um, also makes plays on special teams. Just, uh, man, he's probably been the MVP, I would think, through the first three games of the year. Him or I mean, Max has some good stats, but, uh, yeah, he's been huge. I mean, he's, um, he's a big reason why these games have been close. When Devontae Adams came in, we thought he was supposed to free up Waller and Renfro, but Waller has to step up, man. He just has not played well in the first few weeks, and that connection has to be, you know, when Adams is getting double-teamed as much as he is right now, that's the guy that needs to make big plays consistent, consistently, and right now it just feels like it's a 50-50 when he goes to Waller, whether it's going to be a play or not, and that just can't happen. Yeah, I think the the secret recipe for these these receivers that come in on one year deals like Vic Tafer likes you, man. It's, you know, and Nelson Aguilar, and Matt Collins, uh, hey man, just co- just career season, guaranteed. Get that, that Tafer seal of approval. 
Zay Jones, yeah, I got to quit my job. I think a third <laughs> receiver, Scott. Just trying to find third receivers uh, throughout the league. Is that a niche or what? I got to find out. But yeah, he's been. I mean, Matt Collins has been great. And I think um, when you get Renfro back again, there's no reason why this can't be a top five offense. The talent is there. So we keep hearing about you know McDaniel's play calling and Carr's accuracy. So it, if it doesn't work at some point, then I, something really has gone wrong. Now, the running game also did look pretty good. It averaged 5.1 yards per carry. They uh, they would have had 100 yards if not for the uh, the Devontae Adams run that went for minus four. But uh, 19 carries, 96 yards. Um, Jacobs, 13 for 66. I thought he dealt with the illness, was able to fly out privately on Saturday. Um, I know he, you know he told the broadcast team before the game that he probably couldn't play more than like two to three plays in a row. You know, he wasn't going to be able to be a workhouse workhorse back out there. But, you know, he ran hard. He ran well. Um there are some reasons to be encouraged. Maybe the Raiders, it took them three games and seven combinations, but maybe they found their offensive line. You know, Carr was only sacked one time in this game, so it's been a wild ride. I mean, they didn't they didn't do any rotating right on the offensive line. This was the first time they found their new five. Alex Bars is uh, suddenly the man, and you know, Lester Cotton, John Simpson uh, on the bench, uh, Luminary in the guard, Mumford out at right tackle. Maybe they have their offensive line going forward. I don't know. Well, they, they still have to prove it. Because Andre James, he missed his second straight game with a concussion. So I'm curious if when he comes back, you know, has Dylan Parham played well enough to where you just keep him at center and your guards? Or, you know, do you shift Parham over to guard? And I guess it depends really more so. Do they like Andre James? Not so much about Parham, but do they like Andre James more than they like Alex Bars or uh, Jermaine or Luminor? And so... It could still be like we might see number eight next week, depending on like, <laughs> you know, the answer to that question. So I don't think the shuffling may not be done just yet, but I think they're getting closer is the more important part there. Didn't James play right tackle in college at UCLA? Was he a tackle? I think, I think Parham, man, he's a guy, obviously, he's their guy. They liked him. They brought him in. They drafted him. Uh, the guard slash center. He's played at center two, uh, started at center two weeks in a row. He's a physical guy. I think you keep him there. I wouldn't mess with him. I think you're trying to find long-term answers at spots. And obviously they weren't, I mean, they might like James, but to draft a guy, Parham, who you think would be your long-term center, means you're not totally in love with Andre James. So I think Parham's done well enough. I wouldn't move him back. i keep him at center and uh, put, try, to, try, try James to tackle or guard and see how he does there. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, I, I think... Unless they really like James and they feel like Parham could be a, a much better than Barr at, at left guard, then maybe they make that switch. But yeah, I, I think you just keep this lineup. I, mean, I haven't seen the film yet, but it feels like the right side, this might be the right side we see moving forward with Illuminor and, and Mumford. So I, I think the only question might be those two guys inside. But I'm curious to watch the film and see how Barr, or Barr played today and Mumford played today. Bars, right? Not bars. 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 Bar, bar, bars. I, I don't bars. know. I didn't even know he's going to be in the starting lineup until uh, right before the game. So Bars. <laughs> the respect bars. Man. It was a hot rumor on Twitter, man. It was moving a couple days ago that Bars is going to be the guy. They had to mix up something, man. They can't. Uh, they they got to gotta keep you on your toes. Uh, James, I mean, I don't think. Does James have the length? Do you guys think to play tackle at the NFL level? Probably not. Um, I don't see why. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, Thayer Mumford has been all right at least. So I, I, don't, I don't think that would be. Especially since James, yeah, James hasn't guy. played tackle at all since college, so like that's not a good idea. So I, th- I think it's really just going to be either he's a backup now or they're going to put Parham at, at one of the guard spots. So I think that's going to be the thing to watch among many things this upcoming week. Man, shake it up, man. Right tackle, let's go. Maybe you find gold. All right, Vic, where's the panic meter now? Ha! 
You hit it so hard, you broke it. The panic meter is broken. It's been smashed uh, by Raider fans. Like Ken Dorsey uh, in in the uh, in the coach's booth. Yeah. Have you guys seen that? You guys. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Raider fans. I saw him last night. Last night on Broadway here, and Raider fans were definitely um, not really fired up for this game. They all had that sick, sick feeling. What was going to happen? And they they were right. I just think that. Um, like, historically, 0-3 has been hard to come back from. And this year, I think the AFC is definitely the better conference of the two. Uh, these are the two games you had to win, I think, if you're the Raiders. So, you, know, you never know what's going to happen. The players tell you they can turn things around. But uh, I don't see how they can, uh, at best, do better than split these next two games. So, uh, and the odds are they probably lose both. They lose both. We're gonna have to write about some different things in week six. Besides this current team, because people ain't gonna give a fuck about what's going on with the Raiders football anymore. All off season, the Broncos were overrated, but they still got a talented roster. I mean, they still. I mean, I, I think they're gonna win tonight. I mean, uh, we'll see. But um, I don't know. Like, obviously, um, the Raiders have some issues, which they. Are, the problem is the Raiders don't have any answers. They always. They don't really know why it's not working. Like they, they thought by now. I asked Derek about this. Are you surprised? I'm training camp, all the talk about, you know, everyone's in sync and blah, 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 and fundamentals and blah, 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 and, you know, four and all preseason, we're all, you know, we're all together, but now their offense can't uh, can't do anything. So he's surprised. Now we don't really know why. They don't know why they're having trouble, uh, you know, being explosive offense. So I just think that um, that's a bad sign. I think optimistically the Raiders start getting in sync at some point and they have some fireworks and some fun games, but it's just hard to see them making the playoffs after starting 0-3 in, in, in this division. Yeah, I think the playoffs are cooked. I'll just say it. I mean, I, I called it a, a must-win before the game, so I got to stick with my guns. And so I'm not saying that they're terrible. Like, I don't think they're like, you know, we kind of joke about it, but I don't think they're going to be like one of the worst teams in the league or anything. Like, all, all these games were one-score games, so I think they're like – they seem to be an average team, which is like obviously underwhelming and not what they expected after shifting the regime and added Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. But this is what they look like right now. We, we could be wrong because like last year at a certain point, we, we said they were cooked into and they made the playoffs. So like I'm not saying I, I have a crystal ball or anything, but just based off what we've seen so far, I, I just don't see I just don't see playoffs happen. Vegas uh, knew what they were doing when they set that line in eight and a half, right? Trap line, man. They trapped it, man. People... People fell for the bait. I, again, I think the O-line, is, I mean, we talked about the O-line, you know, at nauseum all the last two months, but I think they've overachieved. I think you're 0-3 and the O-line's overachieved. So that's not good. So, God, I've really been negative. I apologize, Raider fans. Apologize for what? They 0-3. Fuck me, I'm, fuck I'm, me I'm apologizing for you. They yeah, mad, the too. Have you, have you looked at the comments on my story already? The fucking house, the house is on fire and I'm pouring gasoline. I'm like, hey, I'm making the fire go bigger. So, uh. But yeah, there's a lot of football left, man. A lot of football left. So what do I know? I don't. I, I don't know shit. I mean, the, the worst part about this is the Raiders have not made Vic Tafer sing yet this season. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe my singing was so bad that like, screw this guy. No more singing. No, no more singing for this guy. But um, I mean, you were even practicing your. Uh, you you were practicing. A lot you were ready. Doing research. Watched a lot of Megan Stein videos. Oh. Yeah, I watched a lot of Megan Stein videos. I was getting that thing down. So. All for nothing, right, Vic? All for, all for, all for nothing. I think the real secret is every time we we all agreed on this game too, right? Like we gotta we gotta stop agreeing. Like last year they wanted us all to agree because we the opposite would happen. Now this year we got we got. I was being nice though. I didn't I didn't know they agreed. Uh, I was hedging. Uh, you don't get to this. You don't get to you don't get to go back on it. I was hedging. You don't get to go on, back dude. on it. You don't get to go stand back. on your said, stand on your word, bro. Yeah, be a man. I said Taylor Taylor Lawan and Bud Dupree were big injuries. Apparently not. Apparently those are not big deals. 
Alrighty, guys. Well, that'll wrap up our post-game edition of State of the Nation. We will be back later this week to uh, to try to get you excited for the Raiders taking on the Denver Broncos. I'm gonna bring the sunshine, man. I'll be so positive on Wednesday. You guys won't believe it. <laughs> Rivalry I'm week. Turn, I'm, I'm gonna turn it around, man. I promise. I'll, I'll do better. All right, Raider fans. Try not to be too depressed. Yeah. Raiders can. Uh... <laughs> Try not to be too depressed. <laughs> you guys got hey. Devontae Adams and you can't score. Don't be too depressed. <laughs> well, we, we did hit one. There was uh, one uh, one um, over-under that hit today. Uh, Brian, our producer, set a over-under line of three for how many times uh, Tashad would swear. And uh, I think we, we got to like about six or seven. Uh, so wow. congratulations. If, if, you bet the, if you bet the over on Tashad, we do apologize for those who uh, I probably should have probably should have a warning at the beginning we apologize for those who uh who who listen with their kids in the car and uh and, and hate it when Tashawn starts swearing but uh he he hit the over uh big time today so that's, that's on the I, didn't, I didn't even notice stuff. i didn't even notice parental that's advisory how depressing this is. I, <laughs> I didn't even notice that's it. bars right there you know the rest of the bars that's, that's how that's how <laughs> mom that's how mom and dad though man if you gotta get your kid in the car listen to our podcast after this stupid game that's bad parenting, man. You got that's that's on you. Protect your kids. Protect your kids. Man, that's just that's cruel, man. That's cruel punishment. Alrighty, y'all. We'll get together later this week and uh, see if we can get you fired up for Raiders Broncos. Bring in the sunshine. Later.